When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online, brought to you in association with Giovanni's. We're back after the international break. Sorry for our absence to those asking on social media, but it's great to be back with Nathan Blake and Paul Vantanato. How are you both? I'm great, thanks. I was available. I'm sure <laughs> Paul was available. I thought you were on international duty. <laughs> I know Paul was close to the Italy squad, I think, for the last uh, game. Well, today we're going to be looking briefly back at the Arsenal game, looking at the changing kind of system or attacking approach. We're going to be asking what we learned from the season so far after four games. Lots of questions for Blakey, as usual. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a look at Chelsea and we'll look back at Blakey's predictions from last week. And uh, he's back on the naughty step after getting a few more wrong this week. <laughs> uh, but Nathan, let's talk about briefly about the Arsenal game. It seems like a long time ago. Yeah. But there's definitely positives that Cardiff would have taken into this recent international break. Yeah, they, I mean... You know, at the end of the day, he lost the game. You know, but it was, if you'd say, and you're looking at moving forward throughout the season, <clears throat> then they were a lot better than what they were in the opening few fixtures. But, um, you know, they battled well. I thought it was a very physical game, which was surprising from an Arsenal standpoint. It was a really physical game. I, th- I felt, you know, probably should have got a point out of the game right be disappointed not to get a point um, I felt both defences I, f- I felt uh, Petr Cech kind of unnerved um, uh, Petr, yeah Petr Cech unnerved the Arsenal defence yeah. with his mistake early on and I felt Morrison did the same with his mistakes earlier on so I felt both defences were a bit nervy going into the game and then Obviously, the Mustafi goal just uh, just does Sol. Sol, I wouldn't say switches off. What I would say is looking at trying to organise. And if you look, Sol just turns his head. As soon as Sol turns his head to look at the ball, Mustafi makes the run. You know, and it's that you only need that split second, and you can see Sol trying to clamour and grab hold of him to try and drag him back. But which time is too late. So I thought the opening goal was really important in that game. The way Cardiff had started, I felt if they had got the first goal, then, you know, it, I don't think it would have been something to hold on to, but I think they definitely would have built and built pressure. And, they had a and, huge uh, chance to do it with Harry Arter and, as well. And go and get the second. And then the Arter chance was just, um, I think it's one of them moments I've been there, right? Do you see the headlines? Is it one of those? Uh, I just know. I, I always think, yeah, I remember that, uh, a time like that when I missed the target or something like that. 
and you already I always refer to a playing for Bolton against my old team Sheffield United and I'd scored and I'd a no hand scored but I had an opportunity from about I think it was about six yards and it was just a side volley easy chance and uh, I remember the ball bouncing me thinking goal I was already celebrating in the air and I put it over the bar from about six yards so um, I think if Harry had that opportunity again he's probably just going to slot that down to Petr Cech's left hand side near post or something like that because Cech had almost given up you know there was no need to really blast it if he places that he probably scores and the minimum ask is make check make a save then you know so uh, but what about reflections the, on the game as a whole those are the breaks those are the breaks uh, the reflection of the game as a whole I thought they done well but what, what I don't like this rhetoric of we're happy to be here mm. that's kind of got to change you know what I mean that rhetoric of we're enjoying it. No one enjoys losing. I don't know. I'll tell you that now. No player is actually enjoying this season because you're not winning. You're not won a game yet. You know what I mean? So, first and foremost, you want to try and get that three points in the bag, that first win, because the longer you go without it, just like hadn't scored a goal, the more, especially in the Premier League, the media will just build and build and build and build and build. Um, well, they're ticking them off, aren't they? Because they, they got their first goals, but but obviously the first win's got to got to come. But yeah. Warnock's rhetoric, like you say, of let's enjoy it, was just something that he said in a lot of his press conferences, mm. and he was quite, he seemed in quite decent spirits after the Arsenal game in his post-match press conference. Mm. You know, take the positives and stuff like that. Mm. Are you saying that that that's not enough? Really, he, he, does he need to? Well, it comes a time where you've got to make a choice. Are we here to make up the numbers, or are we gonna, you know? have a proper go at it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think at the moment, they're kind of caught between the two stalls. Yes, you want to enjoy it because what they achieved last season was remarkable. And if you look at the spend Neil has done over two seasons, it's still only totaling about, I think, 34 and a half million. <clears throat> so you look and think, well, to be in the Premier League and competing, having spent 34 million quid in two seasons, is... That's why he says he just wants to enjoy it, because... Yeah, but what's, what's the point in going there? Well, you... that's, that's, that's my point. You're a capital city, you've got airports, you've got cities around the new, you, you, you've got a fantastic fans. city, you've got a brilliant stadium, you're now going to be looking at building a training ground, which I think is so important, you know... How many times do you think you get the opportunity? Just remember, you might only get the opportunity once. Twice, this is the second opportunity. But sooner or later, we've got to start building and thinking as a capital country, capital city in a country that we are representing. So, yes, enjoy it by all means. But, you know, I think what Neil's saying is enjoy it so as to not get the players down. Do you know what I mean? Try and keep them positive. At some point, I think that rhetoric from in, we're enjoying it has got to change to we got to go and win games. We, we got to go and win games. We have to put that pressure on ourselves as professionals. It's mm. as simple as that. That's a really interesting point, Paul. What, what, what have you made of, of that approach? We're just going to enjoy it. We're here for the ride. I think that, that's understandable at the moment. Um, I think my concern with the Arsenal game... Um, 
listen, there were huge positives to take out of it. Cardiff created for open open play for a change. They scored goals for a change. You know, there were lots and lots of positives there. But part of me fears it may be seen in time as an opportunity miss Blakey mm. because I think Arsenal was shambolic in defence. Mm. I think their goalkeeper, their back four, shambolic. Mm. Um, and I, they have got, whether it's Wenger or Emery, they've got an appalling record away from home mm. uh, in recent times, certainly this year. And I do fear that some of Cardiff's relegation rivals will... will Turn them over. Well, they've got the opportunity yeah, they're to... they're not Arsenal as we know it. Yeah, and I kind of didn't approach the game like I thought they were. I remember saying that it needed to be Warnock at his worst, you know, kicking, snarling, 1-0 to the Bluebirds type thing. It, mm. it didn't It didn't materialise like that, did it? It was far too open a game. Mm. And Cardiff were never going to win an open game like that. But they might not have won the other way anyway. Mm. Um, but Warnock said, and he said it about the Chelsea game as well, coming up, that he doesn't want to shut up shop, is what he said. He, yeah. he says he might as well have a go because if you do sit back two banks of four whatever they'll probably find a way to beat you anyway I think we've seen Newcastle do that against City and Chelsea they've yeah, sat think, back yeah but you've got, seen Newcastle but they got beaten when they're doing yeah, it yeah but then you've seen but not all the time New, where did Newcastle finish last year well they came mid-table but I think that came Tenth. more through um, beating the teams lower than them than getting points off the big teams yeah but whether it's it, it, you, you, a plan and in fairness to Neil, I felt Arsenal was probably the best set up and the best seeing the defence move and midfield move together that they've been. They've been the most, it was the most organised I've seen yeah. them. Definitely. And, uh, but I still, I still think, you know, you've got, you've got to demand more. Mm. You've got to want more. As a player, as an assistant coach, as a coach, as a manager, as a chairman, as a board, as an owner, you, you, you never stand still, you never stop demanding, you, you never say, oh, okay, this is acceptable. It's not. Even though you might think to yourself, I can't reach that dizzy height, but I tell you what, I'm going to have a good go trying. You know, what you don't say as a professional is, I can't. Well, I was going to say, I can't have capable of doing much more than they did against Everyone, they, well, I think if you, listen, Arsenal are a great team, but they will beat a lot of teams this year. They'll still finish in the top eight, right? So you're still talking about a good Premiership outfit, and Cardiff matched them, and more than matched them at times. So what you've got to say is, it's kind of like uh, giving the analogy how Wales played Republic of Ireland and then Denmark. Yeah, what you've seen against Re- Republic of Ireland was what Wales are capable of on their day. Yeah. What you've seen against Denmark was a tired performance coming down after such a high. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now people might say, "Ah, well, they come back to it a bump." I say, "No, no, no. What they've given you is what they can do." Now, all roads lead to that Republic of Ireland performance, because regardless of who you were playing on that day, they probably would have beaten most teams up to probably the top ten ranking in the world. Yeah. Right, and then probably those top ten, they probably would have beaten three or four of them on that Thursday. Given the good old game right? anyway. Yeah. They were off the hook they were on fire right so you need now you've seen this kind of performance against Arsenal that is kind of your what you're aiming to get a template a template of a consistency that is where you've got yeah. to be to, to compete in this league yeah. and it's what? frustrating that they haven't they didn't that was their first performance of that kind of an attacking nature they didn't produce it 
against the Newcastles, Bournemouths, Huddersfields. They were still in the championship in their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a really good point. Honestly, yeah. I honestly believe it. I, I even look at body language uh, and the way the boys at the back were playing, marking. They're not, like, they're not as boisterous, they're not as physical as they were last season. But against Arsenal, it was like, well, we don't want to get embarrassed, so yeah, you so bring it all to the table. Yeah. But now that is, you know, for me, I would, I would, they would have watched that game between now, between then and now, probably about three or four times. See, the interesting thing for me, Blakey, as well, is that that, that has to be the template moving forward because because Cardiff have got to be more creative and score goals, so the, so a different approach was needed. Um, the the thing that concerns me a bit and maybe you can offer some insight to, into is that they went toe-to-toe with Arsenal mm. they weren't going to beat Arsenal going toe-to-toe realistically mm. but they gave it one hell of a go mm. yeah twice got back into the game mm. yeah and then when that third goal went in what eight minutes from time was it yeah, or something like that, nine, I felt so sorry for those players that mm. they've t- you know the, are we good enough to be at this level that sort of mentality are we just here to enjoy it that sort of thing and then they realise look this opposition is superior playing this sort of football football to us is that psychologically damaging or, or it is it is but then that's where you your your coaching and management come in because you this is what said, we said at the start of the season remember Paul you basically need a plan for every opponent and it's going to change when you play Arsenal at the Emirates. So it's 38 games in a season. You play everyone twice. But how you play at home is different. I can understand Cardiff going toe-to-toe at home. You're at home, right? You're at home. So you've got to try and seize the initiative, force the initiative, push the game. I understand that, right? But when you go to the Emirates... You can't afford to play like that. You get, you know, slapped six or seven on a good day. So, so I say you leave no stone unturned. Every opponent has got you've got to have a different plan for him. Whether that's where you set up, uh, who you're going to utilize. You see how, again, another analogy. You see how Republic of Ireland, Wales, Ethan Ampadu probably played more sixty. Yeah, diagonal passes in behind quality fullbacks than Wales. You've seen Wales play in a in a ten year cycle because there was seen as a weakness because those fullbacks high will cause you a major problem. So we're going to do the opposite and push them. So that's a plan that clearly the manager and his staff have come up with. Ryan and his staff have come up with <coughs> to counteract. The opposition, and uh, you know, I uh, against Bournemouth when we had um, the little right back uh, Smith was it Adam Smith yeah Smith Bournemouth right back. and I was like well you know why don't you play either a big attacker or a big winger like Mendes Lang up against him um, and one of your ploys is right we're going to hit the diag and Mendes you're just going to touch it inside. And then you pick up from there and you play from there. But is it possible to execute... That's just one plan. Exec- yeah, is it, is it possible to execute 38 different plans for every one of your fixtures? Or is it is it simply mentally and physically too draining 
to this do that. This is the Premier League, mate. If you can, if you can. But do we do we go? That's that's our plan for all the weaker teams at home. That's our plan for the big. Teams no, 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 no. Because the weaker teams at home, they might be coming with a small striker who's quick, or a large striker who's going to hold up the ball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And what you'll find is you have systems of play which kind of overlap. I'm not saying you, you you have 38 different systems. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you'll have, a, you'll have three or four different systems that you can play and you'll know, right, this week we're up against Dominic. I know he's a left back and he's slow. He's not quick. I always say you've been watching Or he's short. You know what I mean? So I'm going to just try and take advantage of my strength against your weakness, basically. And that's gonna. If you say, if you're asking me, do I have to try and find that 38 times? Yeah. Good luck when you come up against Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Tottenham. Well, we'll, we'll get on to Chelsea specifically you know, later. Man City. But just, you're gonna have to try and have a plan. Yeah. Well, just just on the final part of Paul's question, which I found the most interesting part, maybe the psychological side of not winning a game like that. Personally, I. I no, losing a game like that. Of losing a game like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, put, 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 good point. Because I was going to say, it's only one point at the end of the day, and I think that the positives from the performance should be to the forefront of their psyche after a game like that, rather than oh, we've lost a point. We we got no points. We should have got one. They should think. Hang on. That's the. We just opened the door to more points there. Yeah, that's fine. But you've got Chelsea and Man City, knowing you've got waiting in the wings. But you've so, got to play everyone twice anyway. Blake. Yeah, no, but your psyche will change after you've played Chelsea. If you win against Chelsea, your psyche will change one way. If you lose against Chelsea, then what happened against Arsenal really matters not because you still lost the game. I think I think the bigger question now is, as Blakey said, it's about that's the template for the rest of the season now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, let's be honest. Cardiff were quite insipid in the opening game against Bournemouth. Were they adventurous enough? Tentative against Bournemouth. Tentative, that's a good word. So that's a much better word, tentative. Um, Little bit tentative against Newcastle, not to the same degree, of course. Little bit tentative up at Huddersfield until they got a sense of autonomy. Whereas that was a real, we're going for this mentality. And I'd like to think that would beat some of the lesser teams. Yeah, I hope so. Because what there seems to be as well is... um, Uh, it was they were less naive in that game, if you like. So they seem to be growing into where they are. Do you know what I mean? I, I never expected them to hit the ground running and blah 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 and you know, picking up points up like but they they've picked up two points. Yeah? Which you look at it and you think, well It's like below par, I would say. Um, well, no, because these teams have all been there an extra some have been there one extra year, some have been there four or five extra years. So the you are going, you're going as the... Yeah, but you've not got no experience with this team in the Premier League. Bournemouth have, Newcastle have, Arsenal have. So, you know... Are you, turn that on its head and are say, you say you expect, both one game. Are you expecting to go in and beat these teams? Yeah, but they've spent money like, whoa. So there's a, there's a counter-argument for that. Yeah. If you spend thirty million in a championship and eighty million in the Premier League, you should be looking to compete and challenge. Yeah, Fulham and Wolverhampton. Then you bring it back to the point of you only spent 
34 million and you're expected to compete and challenge in the Premier League it's it's a big ask mate it's a big ask you know if you're going to stay in there that's what I'm saying being happy to be there is one thing but if you realistically giving yourself a chance of staying there I think you probably if you you don't have to spend money but realistically to buy some experience and to buy some things like goals and you know people are going to help lead and keep you clean sheets and things like that and have got the experience of playing in the Premier League you're not coming in under under 60 million realistically but teams have survived on limited budgets before and will continue to do so that's the, the sort of arbitrary nature of football Cardiff are just looking to be one of those teams aren't they yeah you either got a team that ain't spent as much money or a team that's in turmoil from the boardroom downward usually are the teams that go down mm. you look at someone like Sunderland they've been, been in turmoil for years well, we I mean, assume Cardiff aren't going to be in turmoil anymore. Well, they don't have the turmoil of infighting, but I still say the lack of investment will come back to bite, definitely. We'll have to say interesting stuff on that uh, first part of the podcast. We'll talk more specifics and what we've learned from the season so far after a short break. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So let's talk about the actual meat and bones of what's happened so far. Uh, more specifically, I want to start with system and the tactics, which obviously we saw a little bit of a change in against Arsenal. Nathan, what did you think about the the bold call to leave Zahor out, play Reed and Ward together as a pair? Something I thought worked quite well personally. And what does that say about what Warnock might do going forward? Listen, uh, Kenneth's got a... Kenneth's got to come back to the party, man. <laughs> it's as simple as that. The boy got ability falling out of his pockets. Boy's got strength. Boy got pace. Boy got power. And you're in the Premier League, and you almost think to yourself, "Well, why aren't you saying I want to be the man?" Psychologically, to yourself, and going out there in training and performing like, you know, and frightening the life out of defenders. You know, someone's got when, when in this situation, someone's got to be your lead striker. Someone's got to be your head, and he's got all the attributes to be able to do it because we've seen it. So, as we said a couple weeks ago, we haven't seen it for a while. Though. No, we haven't. So that's a question that needs to be asked. But as for Reed, I thought, yeah, I thought he done really well. I thought uh, I did think we missed Murphy. I thought yeah. he could have probably been. The difference between us getting a point or three points or none at all, I think he was that he was that missed. But you know, it, it is what it is, Dom. You know, you know, strikers. Like I've said, someone like Medine could come off the bench, nick a goal in a one 0 eighty ninth minute, and all of a sudden his his season and his career at Cardiff takes off. Has Someone's going to have been unlucky at all. So because of of how. It's things have transpired. He got taken off before the red card against Huddersfield. May have, may have, he have buried a chance in another world there? Has or has Ward just Ward and Reed offered more and looked more willing when they've come on? I thought they looked good against Arsenal. Yeah, I have to say, I thought you know, Ward really well taken goal that that header really well placed. 
Ruiz unlucky. I think he's he needs a goal. It'd be nice to see him get a goal. But you know, I still I still maintain. You know, you're going to struggle with two men in midfield. I think you you've got to find something a balance where you have someone who's got a bit of creativity and goal scoring prowess in that maybe number ten position that is willing as well to do some midfield work. But I I can't see. I think it's a big ask to go 4-4-2 against some of these you know, more experienced Premier League teams. I, th- I think it's... it's it, is a, it is a big ask and it will be. Yeah, Chelsea, central midfield sure. is where it's won and lost for me and I, I just think um, that's where you can't lose it. Paul, what? more on Zahor for you, please. I don't think he's been unlucky. I think he was unlucky at the start of last season because he was having lots of shots that were hitting the woods work or just going over. He was, you know, I think... I think this time last season he was unlucky not to have a lot more goals to his game. I don't think he has been this season. Um, uh, to me, the jury's still out on all. What do we think it is? Because I look, I look at Kenneth, and and sometimes I think, I don't know. Is he a Premier League striker? We say we say he's got bags of ability and bags of potential, but. Is he, is he actually... What is, is a Premier this, League striker? Is this his level? What is a Premier League striker? Are you talking... Because you might look at someone like um, Danny Ings and say, I thought you would have been a great signing for us. I would say he's a Premier League striker. He's a Premier League striker. But then you might look at Morata and say, mm, he is a Premier League striker, but he's not playing like one. I think if Morata played for... A, you know, a mid-table side, he'd, he'd probably stand out more in their team. I'd say he wouldn't. <laughs> I, that's just exactly the opposite. I would say if he was in a mid-table team, you wouldn't see him for dust. I think he's a cover player who needs to be with top quality players. Well, is he getting outshot? This is a separate debate. But is he getting outshone by Hazard and the like? Whereas in a Newcastle, he'd be the best player because they haven't got anyone else. No, I don't think so. I think you know many players come to the forefront. It's not just about one player. But on on Zahor, but on Zahor, I would say, no. He's not a Premier League striker. On his day, he can be. At this moment in time, you can't say he is because he's not proven it. Yeah, until exactly, until exactly you point, until yeah. you prove it, you know whether that's he doesn't have to score goals, but his performance has to improve. improve then, so you can't. I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, he's a top Premier League striker because I've never seen him play. In the Premier League and score goals in the Premier League. So, well, Warnock said, yes. said the other week. He said theoretically, considering all his striking options, theoretically, Kenzo Hall should be my main man. Should be, should be. But he's not. Should be. Yeah. So he's basically. But he obviously thinks that Zahor's the most talented. Well, he's sending him a message, isn't he? Of all my strikers, Kenneth should be my main striker. So well, that's kind of like that's kind of like an offer to you to say. Are you going to step through? Are you going to step up? Are you going to step forward and become the main man? Or am I going to have to wait till January to find someone else? Or give the other boys the opportunity? Which he has done and which which, which brought two goals, whereas in the games that it's all played, this didn't score any. Can I put a very interesting alternative for centre-forward that we've never discussed, mm-hmm. which I haven't given a second thought to? If you say Sol Bamba, we'll have to end the podcast there. <laughs> but I, but I, got, I got an email from a Cardiff fan. Okay. And... Do you know what it got me thinking? He said, what about suggesting this? Yeah, Murphy. Callum Patterson. And this person's thought process was... He's Not big, very good. He's big, <laughs> he's physical, he's good in the air, and he would, he would 
because of his style of play, he would really put Premier League centre-backs under pressure with his hurrying and his closing down and his robustness, you know? And it just got me thinking, you know, I thought, well... I don't think he's good enough on the floor. Is, is maybe maybe that's not such a bad call. He was top scorer. I mean, we're in trouble. We're in trouble like if you're asking Callum to play centre forward in the Premier League. Mm. We're in massive trouble. I'll tell you straight. Yeah, you know I, I mean, agree. the geezer's a player. He can I play. I can't remember the name of the person even on me, so I apologise for that. But there we are, Blakey shot it. Crusty the clown, so, probably uh, was no, it? No, 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 no. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> It was, a, it was a perfectly fair email. It was quite well reasoned, well argued. But well, Nathan said Josh Murphy is a option for. That's who. That's that's who I would. That's the player I would be looking. And maybe having a word in his ear and drifting him into that central position in training and more and more. That's who. Uh, that's who I think holds the biggest goal threat for us. What about a different point from the start of the season? Where do we think as a as a collective card of survival chances are now compared to where they were at the start of the season have these four games made you more confident that they could survive or less confident less yeah yeah I mean, they, they're saying it themselves the managers basically when he comes out and says you know, let's just enjoy it let's just enjoy it but he was saying that before the season started yeah I know I know but let's just enjoy it when you're losing doesn't cut it you know Fans and players and himself. Trust me, Neil Warnock ain't behind that smile, isn't happy we're losing games. He's not. I mean, he has to stay positive, he has to kind of stay relaxed, and he has to keep the heat off the players, which is understandable because I don't think he's had the investment needed to build what I would deem as a squad which is going to be strong enough to. You know, do you want to finish 16th, 17th, or would you rather finish, you know, 12th or 13th? I think, you know, it, had he been given, you know, decent funds, they would have had a decent chance of staying up. 30 million people might go, well, well, he had 30 million quid. People were in a different era. 30 million quid buys you a decent ago, right so. back. Maybe. If he's of a certain age, 21, 22, you ain't getting him for 30 million quid because potentially, you know, you've got him for 10 years. So that player's going to cost you 50 or 60. So the, the performance has given what, what Cardiff has spent exactly what you expected? Um, I don't think people from no, the outside because the first, play like I, against I, Arsenal. I think the first... I, I don't really understand your point, what, you, what point you're trying to make there. Well... From the first four performances in the in four sets of ninety minutes, yeah. have they been what you would expect from a team that have spent what Cardiff have spent, or have they outperformed their spending and therefore I think got in, a better chance? Of people I, say I, it's different reasons. If you look at Bournemouth, I just think they were a bit naive and you know didn't really have any sort of strategic plan how they were going to approach the game. It seemed like everyone learned a bit then. The second game was Newcastle, was it? Yep. Yeah. And picked up a point. Um, two very similar teams, I thought. Then the Huddersfield game, didn't see it, but seeing the highlights weren't great, but got out of there with a point. And then Arsenal played better again, you know, not so naive, a bit cleverer in their approach play, pressing, and things like that. But lost the game 3 2. So, 
you know, it, it, to me, it's steady progress. They, they're progressing steadily, but it has to continue. They have to get up. They have to get a win. They have to get a win for themselves. Yeah. They'll know that sooner rather than later. And like I say, the two games coming up, you're not going to be looking and saying, uh, the, we had the easier mark, there's two we can win. Not that at all, no. Quite, so by quite the end opposite. of it, depending on the results or depending on the scores and the results elsewhere in the league, your confidence is affected one way or another. You won't... I, I, I defy any man, any player to come on and say, yeah, when we lose five or six games, I feel as confident as I did, you know, if we had won five or six games. It's I, impossible. I, I would answer the question by saying a couple of things. One is, kind of, I'm not in the bottom three and haven't been yet, for mm. what it's worth. Good point. Um, <laughs> I tend to side with Blakey but not not as strongly I, I'm a little bit less optimistic no more than that at this stage of, of their survival hopes and one of the reasons I say that is because I actually think in a way they've had quite a few things go for them in these four games and hear me out on this you know near death we just saved a couple of penalties for a start yep. two, two of the opposition have had red cards yep. Arsenal were woeful defensively there to be got at and it concerns me a little bit that Cardiff have not won any of those games but as Blake says they are feeling their way into the into the division um, it is a different ball game I'd look at it I mean in terms of are Cardiff good enough are their survival chances better than they were I think you know the key there is are there three teams that they can finish above and that's distinctly obvious but are there three teams that they can credibly finish above yeah Huddersfield definitely. New, Newcastle and West Ham have both started the season appallingly. So are they teams Cardiff can now finish above? I wouldn't have had them in that ball game previously. So that's a positive. I still think they'll both pick up. It's can they, you know, Watford, who I thought Cardiff could finish above, have gone off like a house on fire. I've seen their squad. Yeah, well, you know, so we can rule that. But they always start well and then flop. Blakey oh, but they got players. players like the, well, they got, the Corey should be at like Man United, well, he, he, mate. He is real. Cool. You know, I'll give you that. But then you got, you know, so so really, you're looking at Huddersfield, Newcastle, West Ham, Palace, Southampton, Fulham, Brighton. Wolves will be fine. Can Cardiff finish above three of those teams? You'd look at it and say Huddersfield, they can definitely finish above. You you just have to hope that Newcastle and West Ham continue. What is it with Huddersfield? Huddersfield pretty abject against Cardiff. Huddersfield mm. to finish bottom. Mm. You think? Cardiff will finish above Huddersfield one way or the other, yeah. Okay, yeah. I take that. Yeah. That's one. That's a um, bombshell. Southampton under Sparky are not setting the world on fire. You see what I mean? I mean, these, these teams... That's the key. Are there three of those sides? Can you tell us which three Cardiff can finish above Blakey? <laughs> too early, too early in the season. Yeah. <laughs> too early seasons. No, like I say, because different things affect different you, things. You say it's too early in the season, but it's already already the Premier League after just four games is settling into what it is. The Liverpools, the Man City. Oh yeah, you can see the bottom. All, ha- you can see the bottom only, eight, nine only, teams are going to fight. Only Watford, I would. Say, Watford and West Ham I would say are surprises for different reasons, reasons at either yeah. end of the table yeah. I think other than that it's already taking shape into what it's going to be yeah. and it's a question of can Cardiff finish above three yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know one team Cardiff will definitely finish head of Swansea <laughs> just like finally before we finish this section <laughs> that will go down well um, Aaron Gunnison 
Can we talk about him supposedly? Ooh, who's that? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the lesser spotted Aaron Gunnison. Supposedly on his way back from injury. Yeah. Potentially for this weekend. Let's assume that he's fit enough to play this weekend. Yeah. What do Cardiff do with their midfield? Which the three have obviously played so far. Joe Rowles. Not the championship. Got to get match fit. Well, let's assume that if and when he is 100% fit. Needs to get game time. 23s. Um, I would play him in there. Uh, it's not like in the championship where he came back. Uh, and incidentally, I don't think Cardiff won many games when he came back at the end of the season. But he was still an important part of what they did um, because of his abilities. But I... I don't see that in the Premier League. I don't see it as like he's fit, bang, throw him in. Because he clearly, to me, wasn't fully fit at the end of last season. You know what I mean, to me, he was still probably 60, 70% of his best. So coming back in the Premier League after four or five games, my advice wouldn't be to rush back. My advice was to make sure you're you're never totally injury free but whatever the injury is clearly serious so make sure that that injury is back to his best before you come back he's had a number of injuries hasn't he surgery last season he's not going to do himself favours later on do you know what I mean and you you know as a player you do need to have some concern for yourself you know you do take it from someone who just always went yeah team put your body on the line and play with you know, need operations really, but it doesn't help you in the end. <laughs> Trust me, when you're walking like with a dodgy back like me, and knee and hip, so. If and when, Paul though. Well, he loves him. Well, not loves Gunnison. He's sort, mm-hmm. he's his sort of footballer. Gunnison has experience at the highest level, which not a lot of the Cardiff players. See, I would do. play Gunnison and Arta, and then someone just ahead of them. Nora's a number 10 as an advanced midfielder yeah so that would have to be Camarasa then wouldn't that that's who I would play yeah mm. but then you could, can you play two up front like he's like he did against us I, I wouldn't play two up front I would, I would play like I said 4-3-3 three, three would be my preferred two wide men dropping into a five yeah I think once Gunnison is fit that would be my preferred midfield option as well on the evidence what I've seen so far but you know Dom and Many, many other Cardiff fans will quite rightly launch a staunch defence of Joe Riles and say that he should be in that midfield, and I can mm. see why. Mm. Well, I would say that when Aaron Gunnison is fully fit, um, my midfield would be Riles, Arta, and Camarasa, even when Aaron Gunnison is completely fully fit. That's fair enough. <coughs> like, uh, that's why we love the game, it's just that about be, opinions. I yeah. think that would be the view of. of but that's many why you haven't got a clue, Doc. What are you joking? <laughs> There's way too much seriousness behind the eyes when you said that. Like, you can ask him to smile now, but I know what, I know what you mean. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it will be an interesting dilemma for Warnock because he clearly loves Riles, he clearly loves Gunnison, he clearly loves Arter. But if you play those three, the balance isn't quite right, is it? Because they're they're similarish sort of players. You need more creativity. I mean. Yeah, so I think Camarasa gives you that little. Yeah, so so. Say choir. A, what's gonna say this fit? A tough call will need to be made here. Mm. Really tough call by the manager. Very interesting. Well, we'll keep our eyes on that, and we will move swiftly on to some Ask Blakey in our next section. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. 
So again, thank you all for numerous questions for Blakey this week. Remember, you can do that at Cardiff City online on Facebook at Cardiff City Live on Twitter. Uh, we'll start with one from I've lost it. Sorry, Andrew Wallace, who says, "Would City look more balanced playing three-five-two with Manga sweeping with Morrison and Bamba?" Good question. It's a way of getting two up front as good, well. Good question, Andrew. Yeah, I would. Um, I think we said at the start of the season, yeah, we were a three and a five, or a four and a five. That becomes a three and a three. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I mean? So, what Andrew's saying there is, I think it's just definitely a system that Cardiff need to have in their in their back pocket, definitely because they've got the players to do it. They've got a Jazz Richards who can play as a wing back. Bennett can play as a wing back. You know, you've got three or four Galoot centre halves. You've got, you know, uh, Paltier who can cover as a centre half. You've got midfielders who can play advanced. You've got box to box midfielders and you've got holding midfielders and you've got wide men. Yeah, if you've got the wing backs, that's going to be my, my additional question. Yeah, you've got, you've got, I think you've got Bennett can play as a wing back, I would say, comfortably. And I would say Jazz Richards could play as a wing back, yeah. comfortably. And I would even go and say uh, Patterson could play as a wing back. Do you know what? What that system could suit them at Stamford Bridge this weekend. You know, um, I think the issue will be Jazz has barely played. Um, Patterson hasn't played that role for quite a while, and it doesn't really suit Peltier anyway. So, I think the issue would be. Well, on that, yeah. Who could who could play? That I would role go with. At I would Bridge. go four five one yeah, at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Yeah. I would sit deep. I would deny them space and behind yeah. me, yeah. Because I know they haven't got a player who's going to burn you down the wing. So would you play but Patterson what, wide right then, for example, in what that game in the midfield? Hazard's going to do is try and get in behind you with a one-two. Would I play Patterson yeah. wide right in that? Yeah. Uh, in a four. In a no, in a back five. Four, in a a five. Back, no, in a five. In back a five. three with five in midfield. No, you said you'd go four-five-one. Yeah. Yeah. So would your two? Wide players in the midfield be more defensive players. No, 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 no. They'd always so be attacked. You'd still have because Hoyler and yeah. So against your Watfords, yeah. Southamptons, your Huddersfield, I'm going to say four, five, one, or four, three, three. Right. right. I'm going to say against the weaker opposition, my full backs, you've got to go and join in. Right. Because well, I've got um, two sitting home mid- midfielders, but against the le- lesser opposition. Those two wingers, not full-backs, wingers are going to be joining my front man and maybe one of my Camarasa. So we're ending up with a four up front, no more than really and truly. But I've always got a good, solid, you know, four or five, six players at the back. So depending on the opposition and home and away, you know, some I would go more attack-minded. But definitely those wingers would have to be ones who can go past people. Definitely. Well, on your um, 4-5-1 or 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it, uh, Ryan Roberts says, um, does Danny Ward stay up front for you as the one, or do you go back to playing as a whore? Double R. Good question. Uh, surely, surely Ward on form for the next game. Uh, oh, you can drop him after he scores, I don't suppose. I mean, strange things have happened, yeah, but no, I think uh, he's going to be confident. So you have to go with the player that's in form. So, yeah, I would I would stick with Ward. There we go. Although, but but you know, the way Cardiff play, it's not conducive to have a, a player up front who's 
not great at holding up the ball. We wouldn't say Ward's strength is holding up the ball. He's very, he's poachified. He gets in between. He clever little runs, great little run for the goal. You know, he, he's, he's not going to he, use his physicality. He's an intelligent striker, I would say. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to be physical and you know, outstrip people. You know, sixty meters down the line. So, um, but still, again, that's why I say Cardiff have to adapt. The way they play, you can't. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. You've got a striker in 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 form who scores a goal. You know, you can't then say we're going to keep playing the same way as what we normally play if it's not, you know, best fit for the striker and for the game. They're not going to play back the front with Ward up front on his own, are you? Or you shouldn't be looking to play back the front. Do you know what I mean? You've got to get a bit more control and passing going on. And work your way up to the to the final third. Well, on that, on the approach, Mike Madge on Facebook says, if you were managing Cardiff this game against Chelsea, what would be your plan of attack? Hit them hard and play and play defensive. Oh, sorry, hit them hard mm-hmm. or play defensive and then look to counter. I would I would look to one. I suppose for the first ten minutes, what I would look to do is my front four. I would really look to press and play high and then my back line you know press in behind so I give them a surprise yeah that would only be for like that wouldn't be like for 20-30 minutes that'd be like for the first 5 or 6 minutes just to get myself a foothold in the game then I would settle back and just deny them space in behind and put a lot of men in midfield because what Chelsea have got at the moment they've kind of switched to a 4-4-2 and they're so patient, keeping the ball, right? And what they look to do is just slow it down, almost to walking pace. Then all of a sudden, bang, hazard a goal. Try and get in behind you, pick up pace. Maratta, you know, um, William, William, like yeah, or, in between the lines, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so they're looking to. It's very intricate, very sort of possession based. Very intricate. Yeah. So you need to put as many people in that central part of the field so they can't play deny them space through those lines and then you know gradually you then look to counter attack but that's why I say your two wide men and your front man have to have pace have to that is more than anything if you're going to play counter attack football with no pace we've seen that two years ago at Cardiff it does not work I mean, you need need that. Was that your belly? That was, I'm afraid so. I hope that didn't come across on uh, our <laughs> microphone. I'm not at lunch yet, come on. <laughs> I've seen him sit It's up. getting late. <laughs> seen him sit down for what was it? Right, some great questions. Owen Thomas, uh, Darren Churchill, Andy Williams, all with good questions. Let's have them. Let's, let's have Well, we've already there. covered them on Gunnison and Zahor. Mm. Uh, Lewis Evans just says, who would be your starting right back in a 4-4-2? Uh, Peltier, Mango or Jazz Richards? We'll finish on this one before we go to our Manga. predictions. Manga. I think yeah. Manga on form is uh, yeah. is the man in possession, isn't he? Yeah. Cool. Right, let's have a quick break. I'll get something to eat. <laughs> and then we'll have our final part of the podcast. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So, Nathan, last week's predictions for you... Didn't quite go as well as uh, okay, second, second week. You got five, you got five correct results. I think that's pretty good. Go I think that's pretty good. Well, he set a high standard. This that's is the problem, though, Paul. Game. He set a really high standard oh, with yeah. his uh, 
his previous performance. So we've got this week's games. Fifty percent win rate. Take that one, yeah. You take, you take it. I think it's mid table for you. <laughs> but before we go into that, let's quickly talk about what we think will happen. Where did um, we do Cardiff last? Yeah, do you want to present the podcast next week, Paul? <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh, you two are like like the two Roddies. Why don't we do Cardiff last? Come on, then, Blakey. Let's talk you through uh, talk talk us through your predictions for this week's Premier League games, and then we'll do Cardiff Cardiff last. That's a good idea. Okay, can I borrow your pen, please? You can, yeah. Oh, oh, I'll even write it for you. Uh, what you got first one? Spurs Liverpool. Yep. I'm gonna go. Uh, Home win to one for Spurs. Bournemouth Leicester. Just quickly, why 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 did you say that on Spurs? Because Liverpool and probably the form team in the league. Yeah, I think that's the kind of game Spurs are capable of matching Liverpool, capable of matching any team in the league, um, capable of winning the league. But uh, I can't see Liverpool going unbeaten. All season, I think this they weren't great in the last game. I think this is the kind of game that you know Spurs. You get that something to prove, and you're at home, so home field advantage. I go with Spurs. Yeah. Bournemouth Leicester, very interesting game that one. Um, Two decent teams you probably yeah, would expect to be off the back of a defeat, Bournemouth, and they. So I'm I'm going to go with a two-two draw for that one. All right, I sit on the fence. <laughs> Chelsea Cardiff. Come on to it in a minute. No, come on to that later. Okay. Huddersfield Palace. Uh, if Zaha's back, I'll go with Palace. If not, I'll go with Huddersfield uh, a 1 0 victory. Oh, oh. Right. Paul, Paul, that's not good for Paul's Huddersfield uh, bottom of the table. Man City Fulham. I think this will be a really good game. But I think Goals Man there, City I mean. will end up running out 3 2 or 1. 1. 3-1, okay. More like 6-1, we'll go on. Uh, Newcastle, <laughs> Ars- Newcastle, Arsenal. I'm going to go with uh, a 3-1 win for Newcastle. Oof, going to have to talk us through that one. Um, uh, Watford, Man United. Now, this is a proper game. No, I... I honestly don't know which way to go on that one. But I'm going to go with the mighty Manchester 2 and the mighty Watford 1. So I'm going to go away win on that. Wolves-Burnley. Burnley, I think, will recover somewhat from the European escapade. So I'm going to go two goals, but I'm going to go a 3-2 defeat at my beautiful golden and black team <laughs> uh, Everton West Ham oh gosh if West Ham don't win soon there's gonna be a riot I predict a riot they can't catch a break can they West Ham uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 3 now, Everton sorry West Ham fans my father-in-law included <laughs> uh, and then Southampton Brighton nil nil I'm going to go with, uh, let's go 1-1. One, one. All right. Let's go 1-1. One, one. I think Southampton Brighton. So, Perbo, we might, you might as well go straight to uh, Chelsea Cardiff now. Chelsea Cardiff, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0. 
to Cardiff? No, to Chelsea. <laughs> Reality Chelsea. check? No, I just think Chelsea. Don't, I've said it all. I don't. Don't be surprised if Chelsea ain't challenging for the league this you year. You rate them, don't you? And don't come in. And it's not because I'm a Chelsea lover. <laughs> yeah, my other blue team. It's because what I've seen pre-season and what I've seen, they lost. I think the first game, and then they've been. You can see what Sarri's doing. You can see how much they've improved. You can see how happier they are. You can see the way they're playing through the lines. They're very, very patient. Um, the boy they signed from Napoli. Jorginho. Jorginho. Oh, mate. Great player. I think he has more touches than any other player in the Premier League. More passes he definitely yeah, has, yeah. He's unbelievable. So, uh, big ask. But I think, Cardiff, get over these two games. If you can get anything out of either of them, great. But... Uh, you know, the season really, you've had all your introductions, you've had everything. Um, I know there's a game after Man City is, and, uh, and then you go to Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, so that, that Burnley game, that is Burnley be game yeah. you know, that's the one you know, you'd be targeting. Can't afford to lose. Paul, do you agree with a 3 0 defeat for Cardiff at Stamford Bridge, or are you going to be a little bit more optimistic? Mm. Realistic. Only a teeny bit more, and as much as I think it might be 3 1, I think Cardiff might get a goal. And listen, hey. I was there last time. If we get a win, score. mate, it'd be like. Yeah. I'm going to be the most optimistic. Stop the press. And say 2 1 to Chelsea. Cardiff to push them, but not get there because I think Cardiff will go for it. Mm. I think, could, could the international break work in Cardiff's favour? Chelsea's players all coming back, playing lots of games for their country, and. Or playing lots of minutes for their country, rather. I don't know. If you look at like Belgium, they were on fire. Spain, on fire. You know. You look at some of their players, Chelsea. You look at them and you think, well, it could be, but it could work the other way, where they're just on it now, with confidence sky high. So trying to think of positives yeah yeah hey mate listen it's a shot to nothing for Cardiff listen you don't have to win lose or draw go out give a good account of yourselves yeah and you know I think most people will accept you know you know not don't like defeat but you know just enjoy it Blake is that that what you're saying just enjoy the never enjoy defeat (laughs) never enjoy defeat that's a great way to finish thanks very much both of you for your contributions on today's podcast Uh, apologies for our absence Last week, we'll of course be back every Wednesday to bring, you, to bring you Blakey's Boot Room. And you can of course subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It is brought to you by Giovanni's Restaurants. And we'll be back, the three of us, very, very soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>